before we begin, I, there's, a, there's a philosophical question. So if uh, Mary had Jesus and Jesus is the Lamb of God, does that mean that Mary had a little lamb? <laughs> okay, anyways. So uh, we'll begin. Uh, the psalm that I picked was Psalm 110. So let, let's pray before we uh, Heavenly Father, we worship you in spirit and in truth. We thank you for this glorious morning and ask that you give us strength that only you can give us. Give us faith in Jesus that compels us and the wisdom from your spirit to handle the day before us. Help us to meet you where you are today, to walk with you and see the opportunities you give to us and to glorify your name. In the name of Jesus, by the spirit we pray, amen. Psalm 10 is a, a psalm that I've always wanted to look at and study a little. So I had a chance to read and reflect and even read some commentaries for this daily breath. And I thought that it, and I thought what a good time to do it than, uh, uh, than to do it now. Uh, psalm 10 was written by King David and according to James Boyce, this is one of the most quoted Old Testament portions or made an indirect allusion to in the New Testament. 27 quotations or indirect allusions to in the New Testament. You might say, why is this song so interesting? Uh, we'll find out and I think it will enrich your Trinitarian theology. Every real Christian has one. Some might be more developed than others. Some might be more right than others, but we all have one, I hope. Uh, if nothing else, we'll remember Pastor Paul's uh, shared vision of the eternal Godhead, three in one, dancing in community with one another. Uh, I think it's uh, called a perichoresis. Um, so let's begin. Psalm 110 says, the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord sends forth from Zion your mighty scepter. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people will offer themselves freely on the day of your power in holy garments, from the womb of the morning, the dew of your youth will be yours. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The Lord is at your right hand. He will shatter kings on the day of his wrath. He will execute judgment among the nations, filling them with corpses. He will shatter chiefs over the wide earth. He will drink from the brook by the way. Therefore, he will lift up his head. Um, in the first verse, David prophetically reveals a conversation within the Godhead. It says, the Lord, uh, and this is all caps, and, and if you've never read your Bible with the footnotes, I, I suggest you do because it'll tell you what some of the, uh, what they did in the translation. And I know um, a lot of them will have the Lord, the capital L-O-R-D, all caps, meaning um, God's personal name, Yahweh or Jehovah, some of them have. When you see that in your Bible, it's Jehovah or Yahweh. In the first verse, says the Lord, Yahweh, says to my Lord, with a, just a capital L, um, which this one was translated from Adonai. And it's almost always referring to God, or it can mean my master. Spurgeon says, how condescending of, on Jehovah, Jehovah's part to permit a mortal ear to hear and a human pen to record the secret converse with his co-equal son. 
how greatly should we prize the revelation of his private and solemn discourse with the son here and made public for the refresh refreshing of his people so typically speaking yahweh so typically speaking yahweh refers to the triune god however uh, when he is mentioned without specific connection to a person of son or the holy spirit we assume it refers to god the father so the first first verse god the father is speaking to god the son the messiah uh, there's and there's a lot of references matthew 22 43 through 45 acts 2 34 mark 12 36 first corinthians 15 25 hebrews 1 13 and 10 13 these verses speak of the messiah and if the messiah was merely david's son he would not call him lord and a voice says here's a case of david citing god's word in which god tell tells another personage personage who is greater than david to sit at god's right hand until god makes the person's enemy a footstool for the person's feet this person can only be a divine messiah who is jesus christ so it says sit at my right hand until i make your enemies your footstool god the father spoke to god the son tell him to take his place on the throne next to him we only see that god sits when all is done uh, and to sit at the right hand is to share the glory of God. And he does not share his glory with any other. Um, he sits there until the Father's work is done to provide victory. Um, and like in the Eastern princes, they trampled uh, underfoot the enemies that they conquered. Since the Lord sends forth from Zion your mighty scepter, Rule in the midst of your enemies. The, Messi the Messiah's authority would not only be limited to Israel, it would extend to the entire world, dominating all the kings and nations of the earth. He is to rule over his enemies. And it says, your people will offer themselves freely on the day of your power in holy garments from the wound of the morning, the dew of your youth and your, the dew of your youth will be yours. Uh, I read a lot of interesting things about those, what that means. And it's really, I don't have the time to go into all of that right now, but it's, uh, but what it means, uh, when the people, when the people of God sees and experience the victory of their Messiah, they will gladly give themselves to his work. Uh, the words here give a picture of an army, the idea that the Messiah's people are gathered together as a willing army. Uh, says, uh, Boyce wrote, there is no mercenary in this battle, no slaves pressed into the ranks of Jesus, the soldier. This army is comprised entirely of volunteers. Says, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Other translations have it, the Lord has sworn and will not relent. Can you hear the solemnness and the strength of this statement? It's as strong, it's strong in its context as possible. Yahweh, specifically God the Father, made an oath, reminiscent of when God had no other being other than himself to promise, so he promises according to himself in Genesis. An oath and, and an oath he made with Abraham, where, whereby the burning pot goes between cut animals uh, when he makes a covenant. God pledges his own, his own name uh, with his fullness uh, of who God is behind it. 
You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Only uh, Melchizedek is only mentioned once in Genesis 14, uh, and he's brought up here. God the Father vowed that the Messiah had an eternal priesthood um, that is better that is better than any other priesthood, and that it was after the pattern of Melchizedek. Melchizedek uh, was a king and priest who blessed Abraham, and Abraham honored him after defeating the confederation of kings by giving him a tithes of the spoils. The mysterious king and priest named Melchizedek was king over the city of Salam, uh, the ancient city of Jerusalem, which made him the king of peace. Melchizedek was not merely a worshiper of the true God. He had the honored title of priest of the most high God. Um, Melchizedek blessed Abraham. We don't know why or how, but he did. Proves that he had the right and the power to do so. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. With this oath, God revealed that there is another order of priesthood apart from the priestly order of Aaron. And this oath was so important that the author of Hebrew referred to it five times, um, setting apart this order that only Jesus can fulfill. That Jesus serves now and is still the high priest and, is, and it's eternal. It is a priesthood established by an oath from God and is better than uh, some priesthood established by uh, lineage. Uh, let me see. Uh, the Lord is at your right hand. He will shatter kings on the day of his wrath. He will execute judgment among the nations, filling them with corpses. He will shatter chiefs over the wide earth. He will drink from the brook by the way. Therefore, he will lift up his head. So when it when I was reading this, it occurred to me that this was the Messiah that the Jews were waiting for. They wanted the Messiah that would come down with power and judgment. They want the Messiah that will trample their enemies and serve as king and priest over them. We read this and easily understand that this is the second coming. And we see that the Old Testament skips between the suffering servant and the king who will judge. Um, I really did enjoy this reflection. It made me think about how honored we really are to receive our faith because we can differentiate between the Messiah that has come and the judge that will come. So it says, um, so how does this meditation on the Trinity this morning help us as Christians? We'll know that when we meditate on God's, God the Father, we know that God the Son was given to us as the perfect gift and sacrifice so that God the Holy Spirit could apply the perfect gift to us and will always be with us. We know that we worship God in spirit and in truth. My hope is that we will chew on solid food today and not just milk. So let's pray. Father, thank you for who you are and what you have given us. Thank you for our faith and for letting us see your suffering servant before we see the judging Messiah. 
Thank you, Lord, for being our high priest. Thank you, Lord, for the spirit in us. For, let us be sensitive to your spirit today so that we may be your hands and feet to the world. Let us be open to the opportunities you present to us today and be wise and strong enough to act upon them. We pray in the name of Jesus and by the spirit. Amen.